Welcome to another episode of Healing Through Love. Each week, we share ideas, experiences, and resources to increase the awareness of domestic and family violence and to empower survivors to grow and thrive. We talk with experts who share their advice or with people who have experienced abuse, no matter where they are on their journey. This is all about healing through love. And now, here are your hosts, Charlene Lynch and Rose Davidson. Healing Through Love podcast with Charlene Lynch and Rose Davidson. Leslie Gordet discusses with us why self-care is the lifeblood to our success in life and in business in episode 78. When I learned that I there were still things for me to unpack and being okay that I can go back and look at my past to see myself like to learn who I really was because sometimes over time we forget but if you take the intentional time to look back on your your past how you grew up the fam your family life where you grew up how you grew up your experiences the people that were in your life the choices that you made and then you look through the as you got older and it's like you're leapfrogging through time to see like who you how, who you were becoming and the choices that you were making and then you find yourself to where you are now and you can then start looking at oh this was who I was and one of the reasons why maybe I feel like I'm responding this way is because I still haven't healed the healing through love podcast with Charlene Lynch and Rose Davidson Hello and welcome to the Healing Through Love podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Lynch from charlenelynch.com. Healing Through Love is here to help victims and survivors of domestic and family violence find their way back to living a more fulfilling and meaningful life. We interview experts and survivors who share their personal stories and offer advice to those who've experienced abuse no matter where they are on their journey. As well as the Healing Through Love podcast, we hold annual Pamper Days here in Adelaide, South Australia for survivors of domestic and family violence. Local businesses come together to pay it forward by providing their services and resources for the day, giving our survivors a much needed day of indulgence. Think day spa on steroids. (laughs) And I'm very excited to say that we have now gone global and Healing Through Love We are teaching ladies all around the world how to host these pamper days in their local cities. So if you're listening and you are a like-minded individual and you'd like to either be a sponsor or a participant and actually set up and, and pay it forward for the day, or you're a survivor and you'd like to attend, please contact us through Healing Through Love. We would love to have a conversation with you. We're looking for like-minded organisations. Every week we interview amazing humans and I have Leslie Godette in the room. She is amazing. She's a motivational speaker, an international best-selling author and self-care coach for female entrepreneurs. She helps her clients prioritize self-care so they can feel energized, focused and confident in taking everything that comes their way. Through her coaching, her clients discover how self-care can truly provide that missing ingredient 
so that they can sustain their motivation and fully show up for their priorities each day and cultivate a sustainable self-care practice that supports their personal and professional growth. Hello, Leslie. It's so great to have you in the room. Oh, thank you so much, Charlene. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, now I, I I really would love to start by giving a little bit of a backstory, if that's okay. And the, one of the reasons why you're here with us today with Healing Through Love is that you've had your own personal experience. And and is it okay if we have a chat about that? Because that I feel gives another dimension to the work that you do. Absolutely, I feel that when we can share a part of our own journey, it can help someone else heal. So I'm an open book. Excellent. So now we were talking before we press record about life growing up. Can you maybe dig into that a little bit and just share the stories that we were talking about? Yeah. So for me, I'm going to come from a child's perspective. Uh, my mom at the time, single mom, had gotten involved with a man. I was I was eight years old and I had two younger brothers. One was six and one was uh, three years old. And she brought this man in and he was an abusive person. He would hurt her uh, almost on a daily basis. And I had to, I felt like I had to protect my younger brothers. And I remember finding myself becoming so attuned to the energy changing in the room that my way of coping with it and to change the direction of the energy was to get him to focus his attention on me. So I also became that protective protector of my mom, if you will. So what I found I would do is I'd be in the middle of, say, homework you know, from school. I'd be working on a project or I'd be trying to learn something new. And I would, as I said, sense the energy changing and I would reach out to him to say hey can you help me with this I I need your input can you help me to and I know of course I wasn't speaking as an adult then but as a child coming from that place saying hey can you help me to either learn whatever it is that I'm learning or to create this project that I'm working on and a lot of the time that would shift the energy he would calm down but there were very violent times and I I remember one in particular where I was, I had become a babysitter at a young age. I think I was 13 years old by that time uh, and 12 or 13. And I was, we were living in a, a community where I, I was the one that everyone would come to if they needed someone to watch their children, they could go out for the evening. And I remember my mom and my two younger brothers fleeing the home and coming to where I was babysitting because he had become extremely violent. Now, what ended up happening, which was, you know, I could go into it a little bit more deeply, but I'm sure your listeners understand what that feels like to have those moments, you know, be upon you. But what really was extraordinary to me, which to this day, I, I truly believe was divine intervention, because one day I, I was probably around 14 years old. And I remember just having the courage to to walk up to him with my two younger brothers holding their hands and telling him, we want you to leave. We don't want you here anymore. And I truly believe as I look back on that time, as, as incredible as it sounds that I ha must have, he must have felt like the power of God because he actually left. And from that moment, he never, 
he never hurt my mother again. He did come back around in our lives. He was around in our lives up until I got married, which I was 33. So that gives you some time, context of time. But in that time period, never again did he ever show any violence towards my mother, which was a great thing to obviously to experience and to see. But what that ended up doing, just my own experience of that was I almost didn't learn that I had to be also self-aware of the men that I would allow into my life. I was 20 years old and I remember becoming very rebellious, you know, to my mom. And I said, you know, one day I decided to go out with some friends and this young man said hello to me. And I thought he was attractive and I said hello back, but I, I, nothing ever came of it. And then I went back again a week later and ended up running into him again. And then from that moment, we started to see each other and turns out he was, he became a very verbally abusive person towards me. And I know that that can go from escalate from verbal to physical, the hard part about it when I look back is that I allowed myself to be in that that uncomfortable situation for almost five years but I also was strong enough somehow to realize to recognize one day I realized and I said out loud to myself next by this time next year you will not be here and I stuck to my words and I and I ended up ending the relationship But it was a hard lesson because four and a half years of my life, almost five of years of my life, were with someone who was verbally abusive to me uh, in ways that were really hard because there's another part of the story that I didn't tell you. Uh, During that whole time of my mom having the, you know, this man in the home hurting her, I had uh, abusive, I had my oldest brother was molesting me. So I was at two fronts trying to trying to navigate that. And I was able to be able to be strong enough to have both of those incidents stop. But in the meantime, it was a lot of trauma that I had to deal with. And so I'm so grateful all these years later that I had gone through my self-healing journey. And I learned that I could, I was stronger. I was stronger than I ever thought I was. And I can use my story to help someone else. So that's a little bit of my journey. Wow. You know, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing that with us. And uh, if if that hadn't happened, then maybe you wouldn't have lent into this self-care and be now helping women all around the world. So thank you for... Thank you for gleaning the the lessons through this pain and uh, and moving forward. That brings us to the work that you do in and around self-care. And obviously, when we have a challenged background, when we've had these things happen, well, I like to say for us, not to us, just so that we can shift the frequency on the language, it allows us then to really lean into the self-care. And so can you take us through some of your principles in and around self-care? Sure. So a lot of the self-care that obviously that I do is with women who are in business, who are, you know, helping them to support themselves personally and and professionally. But I know that self-care is so much more than just uh, just some of the things that I do when I work with them. It comes down to 
uh, what some of the work that I did on myself and that I started out with when I first became a coach, which, which was emotional awareness. I became very fascinated with emotional intelligence and how to be to, to learn about the interpersonal and intrapersonal skills, skill sets of not only learning your own emotional awareness, but also the emotions of others. And I think I had really been tuning into that as a young child, you know, as I was able to sense the energy changing. And so to come back to it full circle years later, that that's what I would end up doing is using that as the beginning piece of becoming a coach and helping women around uh, not only the emotional awareness piece, because, you know, from that place is usually where, especially if you've gone through some trauma, you are wounded and a lot of your responses are emotional. And that's not a that's not a horrible thing. I just want your listeners to know it's not a bad thing to have emotions or to be emotional. I think a lot of the time, especially as women, we're told we're overly emotional. And I think that when we're in touch with our emotions, it helps us to process things a lot quicker. Mm. And so for me, that my one of my very first clients were was she'd gone through a lot of trauma, you know, a lot of physical trauma from men, you know, from domestic violence, from and and her patterns were always finding herself repeating the story. And so what I wanted to do was to help her through that, through the mindset piece of it, as well as the emotional piece of it, to help her to see why are your patterns still bringing you back along the same path, not from a shame place, but from a place to empower her to say, okay, I have the power to change the direction that I go. And she's become so much stronger, you know, in the beginning, when we first started to work together, she almost felt like downtrodden and she was afraid to leave her home. She was afraid to be inside her home and she what didn't really trust people. And so over a course of a year, because I really felt like I wanted to invest that time with her to help her to go through all of the things that she'd gone through to really like revisit it and be able to release these things, because it, it is about revisiting, embracing the story that it happened, and then being able to release it and forgive yourself for any of the of the the trauma that you you still carry that you're carrying because you don't know how to let go of it. Mm-hmm. And taking her through it, it was so powerful because once we finished, it was this completely different person who was going out in the evening and making friends, going networking, starting a small business of her own, um, you know, going out and just meeting people and not feeling afraid to be in her own home, you know, not locking her, not feeling she was obligated to lock the gate during the day, but actually feeling confident enough that she was safe, that she was okay. And I think that's part of it is just learning to trust yourself. Mm. So it was, it was really wonderful to be able to work through that with her. There's so much to unpack in that series of paragraphs. (laughs) Um, But I want to go back to what you were saying about finding your passion and living on purpose and how the breadcrumbs, the indicators, the ideas for who it is that you are now were found in your past. So as a, as a young child, you could feel frequency and shifts in patterns of behavior and you had the emotional intelligence to be able to divert the energy and the frequency. So I just I love that, that when we can bring that level of awareness to 
what we were doing as children and how we were responding in their lives, our super strengths, our superpowers, if you will, that we can bring into living our life on purpose. So I love that you've said that. And I really would like to dive in a little deeper into awareness. So you've mentioned that, you know, how do we get to that level of awareness? What can we do to to reach into awareness so that we can begin this journey? From what I understand, what you're saying is awareness is the beginning of this journey, but how do we reach into that level of awareness? Yeah, and that's a great question. And I think it really just takes is intentionally taking time to go back through your past. And that can be painful. I understand that. You know, for me, even when I first, before I decided to take my skill sets to help other people, I had to go through that journey myself. And I was resistant at first because I felt, you know, as an adult, I've already done this. I've been through it. It's not affecting me. But reality was showing me that it was still affecting me just by my choices, by me being, uh, when I would have conversations with my husband, I was always responding from the wounded self. And so when I learned that I, there were still things for me to unpack and being okay that I can go back and look at my past to see myself, like to learn who I really was, because sometimes over time we forget but if you take the intentional time to look back on your your past, how you grew up, the fam- your family life, where you grew up, how you grew up, your experiences, the people that were in your life, the choices that you made, and then you look through the, as you got older, and it's like you're leapfrogging through time to see like who you, how, who you were becoming and the choices that you were making. And then you find yourself to where you are now. And you can then start looking at, oh, this was who I was. And one of the reasons why maybe I feel like I'm responding this way is because I still haven't healed from something from my past. Now, one of the exercises that I still do with my clients, especially if they find themselves in this place, is I use my emotional triggers tracker. It's an exercise where they take intentionally a seven-day period of time where they will, in the moment when something happens, they're going to write it down, how they felt, what they what happened, what they were feeling, how what they were thinking, how they responded, and there's no shame there. And being able to like look back over the, the next, after seven days have passed to see what the patterns are, because there's usually going to be patterns. And then they have the, the choice, they can make the decision to change how they respond. One of, because one of my ways of responding was, you know, growing up, I used to have a a body image um, shaming for myself because I was always yo-yo dieting. I was skinny, then I wasn't skinny, but I never, I mean, I was never overweight, but as a young girl, you know, my eyes were distorting what I saw in my reflection. And so as I got older and I still found, you know, when someone would say something to me, like you're skinny, I felt great. If you gained weight, you look healthy. I felt like I was fat. Like I'm literally, I'm just saying, this is how I felt. And so when I recognized that it really was just, I was distorting what I was seeing just because I felt less than, I didn't feel good good about myself. I had low self-esteem and I had to learn how to love the woman staring back at me in my reflection. And that meant healing the wounds from my past. That has helped me. And so having them go through this exercise helps them to see patterns that they can say, oh, okay, now let's go deeper. Where did these begin? And this is where the healing starts. 
Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that. And it sounds like as if you're a, an advocate for journaling. Am I right? Definitely. Yes. Absolutely. I, it's, look, it is my one of my favourites. In fact, my morning journal is still sitting here. It's one of my favourite ways to bring that level of awareness and give that space between thought and action so that you can really dive in to see what's really happening. It's like self-therapy. I love it. So um, have you got some tools and techniques or some ideas in and around how we can help the rest of the planet journal? Yeah, I know journaling for me at first, I felt it was time intrusive. <laughs> I will, I'll be honest with that because I felt like, oh my gosh, it takes so long to write. And so I thought, no, I want to either have a uh, an audio journal or I liked typing. But then I realized that there's so much power from the brain to hand to like to pen to paper connection because it gives you time to think about what you're writing because you're actually visually seeing it come alive on paper. And that's what I really love about journaling. I've fallen back in love with it. And that's how I, I, you know, as I said, it's one of the things that I do with my clients because I feel like, especially when we've had time to work through some things and I have them go back and do a reflection exercise and we'll go back over the last few months, maybe that we've worked together to see where they've been from the past uh, when we first started to where they're at today. It's incredible what they find because all of a sudden they're writing pages and pages and they, and it just comes alive. I think it takes, it's just in being intentional, doing it one day at a time. Again, you may not like it at first, but as you maybe find something that it is that you're thinking about, you're processing, whether it's finances, maybe with finances, you're thinking, well, I want to have more money in the bank. And uh, the reason why I want to have more money in the bank is so that I can have this type of lifestyle so that I can give this for my children so that I can have, you know, more freedom for doing other things. You start to then like really, if you take the time and, and write it out, then you start to see, okay, well, the reason why I want to do this and, th and then it becomes even more because you're actually stretching out your thoughts and more is coming to you. And so that's why I feel journaling is really such an amazing tool that I th people overlook, and even along with meditation, because meditation, there's different forms of meditation. I know some people don't like some meditations like mindfulness, because that's when you're, you're plagued by some people feel you're plagued by your thoughts. But I think mindfulness meditation, if you sit and you allow yourself for the thoughts to come through, it allows you to see where your thoughts actually go. And you can actually take control of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so you understand where they're going. And another fun way I love to, to meditate is through uh, guided meditations. I love guided meditations. Having someone lead me through meditation is, is powerful because mm -hmm. now I don't have to do anything else except follow along with what they're telling me to do. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a time and a place for each of them and they all serve a different purpose and they serve a different purpose for people differently. So it's about, it's like trying on different outfits. It's like trying them on and see what fits for you at the time that you need that. And um, not everything's going to be a perfect fit, but I do believe that we're, we're onto the right path, that meditation and journaling are parts of the cornerstone of that level of self-awareness so that we can well so that we can know us and know how we tick mm -hmm. know thyself 
And then we can be more, do more, have more, share more and take our lives to the next level and the people that are around us. I love it. Now, I understand that you have some uh, three main pillars of what it is that you talk about in self-care. Can we have a conversation about the three main pillars? Yeah, absolutely. So I have three. They are, I have more, but these top three, I believe, are essential to have that, I feel, successful life personally and professionally. And that is, the first one is learning to say no. Now, there's so much power in that two-letter word, right? And yet, people are afraid to say no, because they either, one, want to please everyone around them, two, they're afraid to say no, because they might miss out on something. Or maybe they're going to, they want to say, say yes, all the time, because they want to be that go-to person. But that ends up overwhelming your calendar and overwhelming your emotions and overwhelming your life. So it's learning to be able to say no to things that actually don't align with your life right now, especially if you're going through some things in your life and people are they're asking you to do things. If it doesn't, if you don't feel good about it, that's number one. If you don't feel good about it right now to do it, then that means that your answer is not right now. If you feel that it just doesn't align with you at all, then that's your answer right there. That means no. What that does is it opens you up to say yes to the things that do. And so that's why I feel like it's so important because that helps you to manage your time more effectively. You're not overwhelming your calendar with things that don't fit. You're not overwhelming your calendar with things that don't make sense. And and you're not saying yes to something that you're only going to give half your effort to. You know, you want to be all in when you say yes to something. I mean, at least that's how I feel about when I say yes to something, I want to be all in on it. And if I don't feel that way, then I'm not only doing myself a disservice, I'm doing a disservice to someone else as well. Now, the second one is, I think, really important too, is asking for help. And especially when it comes to, I know, with with domestic violence, my mom, she wouldn't ask for help. You know, even when we would have, you know, uh, intervention of the authorities coming in to, uh, you know, to take him to jail. In other words, the police would come, you know, she would still take him back for fear. And I understand that. And I would never say that there's anything wrong with what she did. I wish that I could have been stronger to help her to be able to give her the strength to say yes to herself and no to him, no to the lifestyle that he was giving to her. So I fully understand that. Uh, So asking for help can be, again, having community. I think that is probably the biggest thing for me that's been so helpful for me to learn to love myself is I've learned to ask ask for help from people in my life when I felt I've needed it. You know, being open and vulnerable, sharing my story. I've had the best, most, the the best experiences of, of healing has for me come from sharing publicly my story you know, telling people about my life story, all of it, and not, I'm not ashamed of it. It's part of my journey. And again, that's part of it is that it's not, it doesn't dictate who you are. It was just part of your journey, maybe a hard part of your journey, but it doesn't mean that that's who you are. So asking for help from your community is really important. And if you have someone in your community that you can go to, um, that really supports you, they're going to be able to help you through those moments when you're doubting yourself. And so I really feel like asking for help is really important. Now, if it comes to business, which is usually when I'm working with female entrepreneurs, 
you know, asking for help so that they're not having to do everything by themselves. Because sometimes when you're in business for yourself, you think, oh, I just don't have time to tell someone how to do something. But that doesn't free up your time to do the things that really that are really important that really light you up. Um, and that is keeping you stuck uh, using your time inefficiently. So it's really important to, to understand that aspect of it. And the last part of it is taking mental breaks. I think this is really important. Overdoing it can lead to burnout. I've had many experiences with burnout. One I didn't even realize was burnout until I started looking back. As I said, our clues are in our past. And in my early 20s, I had my first round of burnout. Started first with a panic attack. Then my body started to um, to have physical manifestations of hives. I started getting hives from air conditioning, from the cold. I grew up in Canada, so I'm used to the seasons. And for me, that was quite unusual. I then also developed lactose intolerance. So my body was starting to not only was was I emotionally uh, uh, responding to, uh, to burnout, but I was also physically responding to it. And that was a wake up call for me. I ended up actually leaving the position that I was in because it was just, I felt overwhelmed, but I didn't recognize it even then that it was burnout until all these years later. So I understood that what I was doing back then is I wasn't taking the breaks. I felt I was young. I had energy. I could do this. I would work. I would go into work really early, stay, you know, work through the whole day, maybe take 15 minutes to go grab something to eat and I'd be back at it, take work home over the weekends. I was working, working, working. And that is why I was saying that for me, that's how I ended up with my first round of burnout. And over the years, I've had several others, but I think once now that now that because self-care has become so important to me, I recognize it. And I, it's one of my missions is to really help other women to help them to prevent it, or at least to, if they're on that trajectory, to be able to course correct so that they don't have to experience it again. Yes, exactly. I love it. And that brings us beautifully to your offering today for our listeners. And that's the 30-day self-care email course. So can you just talk to us just a little bit about that offering? Yeah, so I thought, well, how can I help someone to learn to incorporate self-care in, in their life? Because I know, especially if you are a mom and you have children, whether whatever age they're at, especially if you have young children, it can be really super hard for you to take time for yourself. And especially if you've got a lot of things going on in your life, good and bad, uh, that you might uh, not put yourself on the top of the list. You might think that it's just the children are important. But really, when you think about it, when you take care of yourself the best that you can, you get the best of you, but so does everyone around you. And everything that you do gets the best of you. So I created this course primarily because I wanted to be able to teach women to be able to go in and have uh, a prompt every day. They'd get an email from me every day for 30 days that would take them through a journey of just incorporating self-care through a, visual, a visualization process. Most of the emails have a visualization video that I created to go with it, just to help you start thinking about you know, slowing down and starting to put yourself first, looking after your well-being and having daily actions, uh, action steps. Part, partially those action steps are journaling, taking time to reflect on your life so that you start living with more joy 
and you have, you know, more gratitude in your life. And so that was the reason why I created it. I love it. And the, and these, the link to this is actually in the show notes and in the description, as is all of uh, Leslie's links to her website and on LinkedIn and all the other ways that you can connect with her to ask her more additional questions. It's been a beautiful conversation today, diving in deep to self-care, what that looks like. And thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing your story that helps us all heal. If you're listening today and you would like to contribute and make a difference here in the space of healing through love we'd love for you to connect whether you want to be a practitioner at one of our events a supporter or even if you'd like to be interviewed here on healing through love if you've got something to share for our beautiful survivors and just in closing leslie i'd love you to what would be your closing words of wisdom to our audience today yeah i know so for me i think it's one of the things that I truly believe we all do, which is we build our lives every day. We're creators of our lives. So if I could say anything is that I want you to keep dreaming and to keep believing and to keep building your extraordinary life because you are worth it. I love that. That's a goodbye from me and a goodbye from Leslie. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Healing Through Love. You can get further resources, see the show notes, or simply reach out to us via our website at htlaustralia.org. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to your company next time on the Healing Through Love podcast.